Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Do you know how to calculate the exact amount you need to charge your clients in order to earn 20% profit on that project? It's simple to do if you know how. Learn how by downloading our free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, today at entrearchitect.com slash free course. Hello, my name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise to help you build a better business so you can be a better architect. This is episode 222, and this week we're talking about the first 500 project with Tiara Hughes of the National Organization of Minority Architects. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and much more at arcat.com. FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work that you love. And Gusto. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right. Tiara Hughes, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. You know, it's great great having you here. I learned a little bit about you, and but I want to share uh, who you are and what you do with our audience here. Um, I'm going to start with a quote that you sent me. If there is no well to drink from, dig until you create one. I love that quote. 
that is a quote by you, and this is the philosophy that Tiara lives by, um, from currently serving on the national board for the National Organization of Minority Architects, also known as NOMA, N-O-M-A, as the public relations chair, to launching First 500, a national uh, research endeavor focused on highlighting African-American women architects. The hard work and dedication behind this belief, basically if there's a problem, then let's create the solution for that problem, has led Tiara to serve on these roles. In addition to leadership and research, Tiara uh, is a strong believer in giving back through volunteerism. She dedicates countless hours to mentoring black underprivileged high school students all year around in the uh, NAACP Act So program. Tiara equally volunteers uh, her time to iNOMA's project pipeline. I, I assume is Illinois. Yes. Yep. iNOMA. So iNOMA's project pipeline. Every summer, iNOMA organizes a week long camp devoted to introducing minority junior high students to the AEC construction or architecture, construction, engineering industry. Uh, and they continue their efforts throughout the year with continuous exposure to ACE through field trips and workshops. That sounds like a great program. Um, yeah. I think more, uh, we should do that in every city. Um, as, uh, We're trying. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Um, and as you can tell, Tiara is very passionate about architecture and youth development. And I love this. And I want to talk about today, I want to talk about First 500. Um, I heard about it on Twitter. I was super interested, super excited about what you're doing. I love that you're taking a leadership position and saying, okay, this is something that needs to be done. Let's go do that. Uh, and I want to share you uh, share with my audience what you're doing and how they can help you get there. But before we do that, we want yes. to know about you. We want to go into your origin story. We want to know when you discovered architecture, what inspired you to become an architect, and share that story to where you are today. Um, uh, thanks again, Mark. And uh, I always laugh at my origin story because it's a little cliche. <laughs> <laughs> um, back when I was in elementary, um, I was actually selected as one of the students into a gifted arts program. And every year we would do a, a fundraiser to uh, create a bunch of art, art to raise money for whatever purpose. And uh, one particular year, I was in third grade, it was the holiday fundraiser. We had to produce a lot of art to basically buy gifts for all of the kids in the school. And the the art instructor basically said, do what you want to do, um, do what you're good at, figure out something. And so I realized very quickly that I could draw buildings from the books pretty well. Um, and shortly after that, um, I discovered blueprints, which yeah. <laughs> we don't really use blueprints per se anymore. Do you remember the smell? Um, the smell of yes, blueprints? Yes, the smell, the, the ink on your fingers. Yep. Yes, all of that. Um, and I, I connected the dots uh, that I was looking at the footprint of a building. You know, the little swings were the doors and the walls. And, and I was so fascinated by that. And I knew from that moment on, that is what I wanted so how, to do. How old were you when you discovered that? I was in the third grade. Third grade, so, yep. uh, Yes. And the following year, uh, a lady actually told me, you want to be an architect. So that was the first time I heard the term, and I've clung to it ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then fast forwarding forward, um, I continued in an arts program um, and in high school, I actually was selected um, to go to one of uh, a better high school in St. Louis. 
And it was awesome. We actually had an engineering and architecture program. And so that was my first real exposure to the courses and what it would be like. And I'd have to say, Mark, I was the only African-American student and the only woman um, in all of those classes or the only female in all of those classes. And it never dawned on me uh, that the industry would be similar. So, um, but I stuck with it. My professor was, or my teacher at the time was very supportive. Um, From there, I transitioned into Drew University Um, which is one of not very many schools that offer the five-year master's. Um, And so I was able to get get in there and do that. And that's in Springfield, Missouri. And when I I got there, there was one other girl that looked like me. um, And she was actually in the graduating class. And I went up to her. I was so enthusiastic, you know, young freshman me. And I was like, you know, can you help me? Like, what do you, what advice do you have? And she was just like, I'm out of here. Good luck. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the help. Yeah. So I was like, that must have been pretty intimidating. <laughs> yeah. And, and being the first in my entire family to go to college, it was, uh, everything was new. You know, yeah. there's, there's no manual to how to do this. And to finally see someone who's sort of, Uh, She was sort of fed up at that point. She just, you know, she told me that she was finishing architecture school to uh, prove a professor wrong (laughs) that said she shouldn't do it. So um, I noticed that early on as a problem, at least with my small school Mm -hmm. experience. And starting there, all of the minority students that came after me, all students, period, but particularly ones that look like me, um, if they were serious about the program and they were interested, I made sure I served as a resource to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so you changed, yeah. So you changed the, the pattern. <laughs> I tried to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, did, you, and- did you experience in school, and I know you're still on your origin story, but in school, did you experience challenges like that? Did you experience the things that that other student experienced that, that sort Absolutely. of put her in that position of wanting to just get the hell out? Absolutely. Um, There was uh, lots of um, I I I had a lot of challenges financially with school Um, and then and it was private. It's more expensive than a public school. There's only two schools in Missouri that offer the masters and that's us and Wash U Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Wash U is much more expensive. But um, yes, there was there were several breaking points that I had where. Uh, you know, professors would say, are you sure this is for you? Right. You know, and it's it's different hearing that from from a Charles Brown, which is an ad- African-American adjunct professor at WashU. It'd be different hearing that from him than, you know, someone else who's saying, you know. Right. This isn't this isn't your calling. Right. Are you, you need sure to do you something. really fit here? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know, it's it's a question that always happens of do you have my best interests at heart? Yeah. You know, so um, but no, I stuck with it. And there were some hard times um, back to that financial key. You know, I, I had an entire semester at jury where I was homeless. So, mm. um, again, it was my passion for architecture that drove me and kept me there um, until I got to the finish line. What 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 fed that passion? Why was it so important for you to, to achieve this? I I wanted to change change the world. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure every person says that. <laughs> but um, from the environment that I came from, you know, never owning a house, um, always renting and, and not having the readily 
available amenities to my demographic and my uh, areas. You know, I wanted to get into a field where I could change that. You know, I can create community centers. I can design um, safe environments for people to feel comfortable at. And again, going back to that kid in me that realized I could draw buildings, not just draw buildings, but I can design solutions. You know, I can fix some of the the segregation and some of the um, challenges that my demographic deal with. Mm-hmm. So where are you now? So you went through through school. You had uh, had a, chal- a challenge in school, but you achieved school and, and yes. got your degree. Um, so yes. wh- wh- what happened after that? Um, a month later, um, in June, I moved to Chicago because I was like, oh, I have to get to where there's, you know, more diversity, right? Yeah. <laughs> I need to be here in Chicago. And I, I ultimately, ultimately felt like if there was a place for change, mm-hmm. you know, New York, Chicago, L.A., those are the, the catalysts, you know, change starts right. there. And That's then where it, it starts, through. right? Yep. Exactly. So um, I came here. And it was the same thing in the firms, uh-uh. you know, as far as uh, not seeing a lot of uh, diversity around yeah. me. And I wasn't introduced to Noma right away, so um, I was lost a little, a little bit, and I was sort of searching for uh, Black women architects. Um, particularly to see how they did it and what guided them. And, and so I started digging, you know, I started doing research. I asked a few of my peers around me, um, you know, do you know any black architects? And, you know, other architects would say, yeah, I know a few, or I know one, or there's one here. And so um, digging in and doing some research, I realized <laughs> that of the 110 plus thousand licensed architects, at that time, less than 400 of them were African American females. Wow. Did you hear me, Mark? Uh, less than one percent. Shocking. Are African American females, and so you know, I was baffled. And not only that, it was really hard for me to find information on these ladies. You know, on a consolidated uh, sort of reference standard somewhere. Right. And the, and those are the I apologize for interrupting, but those are the ones that made it through. Yes. Because there there are so many pro- <laughs> excuse me so many that probably you know hit that barrier at architecture school and said I'm not dealing with this I'm going to go do something yeah. easier I'm not going to go through all that and so the women who did finally make it through um, not only architecture school but then to get their license right you know it's and our our industry is relatively young as far as licensure mm-hmm. um, you know compared to doctors and lawyers for instance we are we're so far behind, a hundred years behind in that right. sense. So um, architects in general, there's not as many licensed architects as there are in the other professions. But the statistic still is that we're less than 1%, yeah. uh, which doesn't stand in those other industries. Were you were so, you surprised when you dug, you know, when you dug deep and found that? You know, I mean, you knew that it was small, but did you realize, yeah. did you think that it was that small? No, absolutely not. You know, uh, reflecting back, it caused me to do a lot of reflecting um, on those experiences, being the only one in my high school, being being uh, one of two at my college. You know, I, I, I just thought I was, you know, in the small town areas where right. there's not many of us. But 
it's it's definitely a reflection of the industry. You know, it trickles down into the the low the I guess elementary and um, college education as well. Yeah. So so what? Where did it take you next? You 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 dug deep, found that there was less than one percent. Then what happened? Um, I uh, I guess simultaneously around that time was getting involved with Noma more and more stepping up. So locally at the INOMA level, I was um, our our, um, marketing director for some time. And uh, our national NOMA president, Brian Hudson, was the person that really spearheaded um, connecting me with some of the references. Uh, For instance, African-American Architects Directory uh, is a resource online that lists all of the African-American architects and it divides it up by state, by male, female. So you, you sort of can, uh, filter and find what you need there. But again, that resource didn't tell me about these women and their stories. So that was a start. Um, and then connecting with some other leaders in the industry, you know, Roberta Washington, um, and just doing some research sort of led me, uh, because th- those other leaders, too, they have their own endeavors and projects going on. So I wanted to make sure someone else wasn't doing the exact same yeah. uh, thing as First 500. Did you, know, did you know at that time that you wanted to create First 500? I did not. So you were, <laughs> just, do, you were just doing research to figure out. Was it was, you were curious. You yes. Know, let's find out how many there are. Yes. Um, and uh, once I discovered the number... Uh, that's when the conversation started. I was like, well, you know, what's out there for these ladies and and where is their information stored and is there a database somewhere or, or an online resource or, you know, where where is this information? And I found out that it's, it's it doesn't exist, you know, not in a compiled format somewhere for someone. So um, that's, again, when I started talking to a lot of the leaders, um, I developed a team, sort of a board, um, and that's when First 500 was born. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect. We could not do this without them. RCAT, FreshBooks, and Gusto. Are you ready for a summer trip to New York City? Well, RCAT is headed to New York, to the big Apple for the AIA Conference on Architecture this June, just a few weeks away. If you're headed there, if you're going to the Conference on Architecture, come visit the Big Red A at booth 707. Tell them that you are an Entree Architect and that you wanted to say hello. Booth 707 on June 21st and June 22nd at the Javits Center at the AIA Conference on Architecture. They will be there every morning serving coffee. I am there. They're, They're serving coffee every morning. So where else do you want to go? Just go to RCAT. And throughout the day, they will be having their BIM expert, Robert Wagen, explaining their new Revit plugin, Biminit. Okay? Revit plugin, Biminit. Robert's going to be there explaining all about it. Go check them out. Stop by booth 707 anytime throughout the, the conference to learn how RCAT.com can save you time and money, finding all the product information for your projects. And yes, it's all completely free. Remember, just look for the big red A. Just look across the expo floor and you will see it. Trust me, you won't miss it. Check out the big red A. And to learn more about RCAT and how they can help you be more effective and more efficient as a small firm architect, visit them right now at entrearchitect.com slash RCAT. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices 
post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. And getting started with FreshBooks is ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice seconds after starting their free trial. I did exactly that. The same goes for tracking time, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. It's fast, it's easy, it's life-changing. And if you need help at any time, their free award-winning customer service is just a phone call or an email away. And if you ever have a second thought, don't worry. On top of your free trial for Entree Architect listeners, you get a free 30-day money-back guarantee. So you don't ever have to worry about choosing FreshBooks. You can give it a try for 30 days. Just visit EntreeArchitect.com slash FreshBooks and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's EntreeArchitect.com slash FreshBooks. Check them out to access your free unlimited 30-day trial. Payroll and Benefits. I'm just going to let that soak in a little bit. Payroll and benefits. Payroll and benefits. That makes my spine tingle. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business like us. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations. And the old school payroll providers, they just don't get it. They aren't built for the way that we work today. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy for you to get it right. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. And to help support the Entree Architect podcast, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Listen up. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to EntreeArchitect.com slash Gusto. Go check them out at EntreeArchitect.com slash Gusto and claim your free three months of payroll processing. RCAT, FreshBooks, and Gusto. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. Before we get into First 500, talk a little bit more about NOMA what their mission yes. is and how, you know, how that works. And then, and then let's talk about first 500 just for people who don't know. Absolutely. Um, so NOMA is the national organization of minority architects. We have, uh, chapters in, uh, lots of big city States and, uh, our mission is to, um, increase diversity in architecture. Um, and that's at all levels. So, um, we have uh, the project pipeline, which I, you mentioned before in my bio. Um, it's uh, a camp. It started out as a camp, but it spread to sort of a mentor mentee um, ship program for students of all ages in elementary and high school. So that sort of leads at our local INOMA level. We have that camp for junior high. It leads those children into the ACE program, which is late high school. We've introduced a design build series. So there's sort we, we're sort of stepping down into the youth yeah. and sort of introducing them to the ACE industry because a lot of those students like me had no idea what an architect was, you know, in elementary school. So uh, we're changing that 
slowly um, and getting into the, those those areas where um, it's just not talked about and it's not introduced at an early age. So that's sort of at a at a youth level. Um, we also offer resources for um, people like myself who are um, working professionals who aren't licensed yet. So we have um, access to resources. Um, I, I actually have a NOMA mentor, Thomas Allen, who is incredible. Um, he's He helps guide me. Um, and so you can create those relationships, that those lifelong relationships that obviously last a long time, last a lifetime. And then also moving up into leadership, which now uh, you also mentioned, I'm the National Public Relations Chair. So just promoting our mission, promoting our message, connecting with AIA and other big entities and CARB in the industry to uh, promote our mission, which is increasing diversity in architecture. How, how long has NOMA been around? When did it start? You know, approximately. That's a good question. Um, I don't have that exact date. That's all right. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll find out and put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, so, so, so NOMA's actually one other question about NOMA, because you said that you're going down into the elementary schools and you're in the profession is there also a component that's helping students at the art at the at the college level where you yes. where you hit those barriers where those those challenges sort of were first introduced to you is there support yes. and and resources for you there as well Yes, and thank you for asking that, Mark, because I totally skipped over our NOMAS chapters, which is the National Organization of Minority Architecture Students. And those, uh, again, exist at the at the collegiate level, and they are able to be supported by their local state chapters. So like INOMA, we have um, five NOMAS chapters at the different universities throughout Illinois, and we serve as their support system. We serve as mentors to them. We invite them to different events. They get to volunteer. They get to intern, uh, have internship opportunities with us um, and, and have a, a better reach into the professional industry before they enter. Yeah. I love the, the and no mas. No, yes. <laughs> no more. We're not going to do that anymore. I love that. <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so so that's Noma. So so let's get back to first five hundred. So you're inspired. You did this research. Uh, you you're inspired that the information is there, but the information that you want to compile, there's no there's no composition, you know, compilation of all of this information. Um, of all the 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 data resources that we have on the internet, there's no data resource for this specific group. Right, um, and. So Yes. So that was the that was the consensus from all of my digging and uh, speaking with some of the other leaders. Um, I was like, is this even a good idea? Would people be interested in this? Is this a need? And everyone across the board was yes. And, you know, unanimously. Yes. Yes. Please do it. We would support you. Our organizations will support you. Please do it. Um, and so. That was sort of my boost to get it started. So what's, um, what's the mission? What, what is it at a basic level? So it is to provide the information um, of all of the African-American licensed architects to have it compiled in one location and have it readily available for people like me. So you're going to have a, a database essentially online and you're going to document every female architect from one, number one, forever. 
And yes. And then yes. you'll have a place that you'll be able to to learn about them and learn their stories, learn their, you know, contact information so they can reach out to them. That's yes. The, that's the and, idea. Um, yes. And the actual first 500 um, will will become a publication at some point. Um, we're not quite at 500 yet, so where, there's some time in there. What number are we at? We're now? at 426. 426. And, and do you know what the rate is? Do you know approximately when you'll hit 500? <sighs> It has increased. Um, my my prediction is um, twenty twenty. Not too far. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So too, too far, but not too far. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That should yes. be today, but yeah. So we do want a publication of the first five hundred, an yeah. actual physical reference um, that can go in all of the libraries. Um, architecture schools especially but all of the public libraries out there and are are you are you reaching out and and actually two questions one is where are we now you know what level yes. are we because they know we're very early um, yes. and will this also like tell their stories is it going to be sort yes. of a story storybook yes. as well um, okay, so I'll know, separate two those two. Yep, so it's like the business side and then the, the yeah. meat and potatoes, right? Okay, yeah. So um, on the business side, we are developing the business plan right now. <laughs> um, we have the mission, the vision, sort of the beginning of what we want this to be. We haven't sort of... Um, we're we're predicting that it does this right, so it's going to um, exponentially take off and become more than just a publication, more than just an online database. So we're creating a business plan that supports that, and then from there we're partnering with some of the organizations that have already expressed interest. So um, NCARB, AIA, AIA Chicago, National NOMA, uh, INOMA. Those are some of the groups that have. Um, verbally expressed interest and we'll reconnect with once we have a business plan. Are you starting this as a separate organization or is it going to be an initiative of NOMA? It is not um, an organization. It's um, it's a research endeavor at this moment that will become a network and it is separate from NOMA okay. at this time. So, right. we're so it's, your, it's your personal project with lots of support. It's where yes. you are at this point. Okay, yes. good. Okay. Um, and so, and, and just, I just want to say thank you to, to a lot of, uh, the supporters out there because, um, the support has been overwhelming and it, and it is driving me to keep going. Um, one person in particular I want to talk about is Catherine Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you've met her, but she's the, the board president of the AIA Chicago chapter. And (laughs) she has spread it the word so much since I've talked to her Um, and her quotes, which I love to to talk about this, is we have sent from Earth 536 people from 38 countries um, to outer space. So more people have been in space than there is licensed African-American women architects. Yeah, that, (laughs) that, that basically proves the point. Yeah, so that's Catherine really puts it yep. into perspective. Um, but yes, so that's the business side, partnering, figuring out how we can get these organizations involved. Um, the support, like I said, has been tremendous and awesome. On the meat and potatoes side, um, there is there are phases um, that we're introducing. So 
basically contacting these women is the first phase, whether that's through so far. It's been through LinkedIn. It's been through word of mouth. It's been through the NOMA network, um, contacting them, introducing the project, um, getting their thoughts and feelings on it. And then um, is the compilation piece. So data collection of basically they receive a questionnaire that's the same for each individual. And that's sort of the resume page that will be introduced in the publication. From there, um, it would lead us to have uh, a private interview with them. Um, and it will be just a series of more personal questions, um, their thoughts about the industry, what advice do they have to young girls that are coming into or interested in the industry after them? Um, who are their favorite architects? What inspired them to keep going when the going got tough? You know, those sorts of questions, um, which is the interview side, the more personal side. From there, um, we sort of develop a, a personal piece for each lady. So it'll be um, their resume page, a photo, um, their bio, um, and then interview highlights would be introduced for each lady in the publication. Have you started that process yet? We have. So um, I very know, heavy I, in phase one and two. Because <laughs> we, we, um, we had Danny Cicero on. Actually, a mm -hmm. few months back, and and I know that that she's number three thirty three, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and so, is is that where she knows that number from? Uh, a lot of them actually know their number. They just know their number. Okay, you know your number because, because it's, it's because it's important. Yes, got it. Yes. Okay, and um, I That's realized that early on too. Um, and and just so, what number you know, are you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Um, hopefully 500 oh, or that, that's right. 480. Yeah. So, so you're not right. You're not registered yet. So you're not counted yet. Yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. You will be number 500. <laughs> I like your optimism, Mark. <laughs> but yes. So, um, some other supporters, Dina Griffin is one of my idols. My goodness. Um, Brian Hudson, I mentioned earlier, is the, the National NOMA president. Um, he has been astron astronomical in, in uh, pushing this forward and making sure that this project continues. But yes, we, we're excited. So, so it, you said that it's, that it's sort of going to become more than just a database. You say it's going to ho hopefully become a, a publication. Yes. What, how do you imagine that publication? Is that more of a reference book or more of a – how does that How does that look? Yes. Um, I see it being um, comparatively to, uh, you know, there's, there's um, some doctor books out there that lists, you know, the first – however many doctors to become surgeons or, mm -hmm. you know, I see it sort of being a reference right. um, that's going to exist and it'll probably have multiple volumes because um, there's, there's 500 <laughs> to include. Um, but from there, when I mentioned earlier that we sort of see this skyrocketing and going in many different directions, you know, some, some of the things I've visualized lately um, with the team has been, you know, some sort of video series to introduce um, some, you know, maybe an installation, uh, rotating exhibits and museums or some, or 
first 500 horror museum one day. So um, it's it's in the beginning phases, yeah. and um, we're excited for it to take off. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, at the end of the day, the purpose and reason behind it all is to increase our numbers, increase our women in architecture, and for them to feel comfortable. You know, there's going to be so many times where they're the first to do something. I've noticed that in a lot of the information I've collected so far from ladies, you know, first to become licensed in their state, first to be first black um, female at their architecture school to graduate, you know, first on their board somewhere. So you're going to be the first, accept it, embrace it, and use us as your backbone, use us as your resource is sort of the the purpose and mission behind it all. Yeah. It, it's so exciting to see what you're doing, the passion that you have for it. Um, I'm excited to watch it grow. Uh, I could, you know, I, I, my mind is starting to sort of turn and see what it could become because, you know, I, I love the idea of a book and I love that it becomes a reference book and it has all that data in it. But I would love to see like some big, beautiful photographs of these women and, you know, full color and tell their stories about how they got to where they are and the challenges that they faced and, and the things that they're doing and they're achieving today. It'll be awesome. It'll be so inspiring for not only young women, black women who want to become our architects, but I think everybody. I think yes. it'll be an inspirational book um, to hear that. And I, and I love the idea of a video series. Even a YouTube channel would be very cool to sort of be able to subscribe to a YouTube channel maybe once a week or once a month, hear the story of these people. Because I, I, they, you know, your story is fascinating. I think you know all their stories would be fascinating. Absolutely, um, I'm. I get inspired every time I talk to one of them. Um, a lot of them have started um, their own research endeavors. A lot of them are focused on um, sort of collecting our history and retaining it, um, getting us more, um, I guess, collected together as a whole. Um, is another thing. So we're just, we're in the beginning phases yeah. and we're, we're super excited. Um, something else I wanted to talk about, um, if you don't mind. No, not at all. That's um, why we're here. Our, our National NOMA Conference is being hosted this year in Chicago. Um, that is definitely a place where I'm going to get to meet a lot of these ladies in person. So I'm super excited about that. And hopefully you can come, Mark. <laughs> what, what are the dates? Um, it's going to be October 17th through the 20th. It's going to be here in the um, Palmer House Hotel, okay. which is in the middle of downtown. And our our conference is really cool because it's it's the f- the first of its time of its kind, um, concept wise. Yep. It's a conference uh, without boundaries. So Noma Unbounded is the conference, and you're not going to be in the Palmer House Hotel every day during. Um, during sessions. You're going to be out going to different architecture firms, out seeing the Chicago architecture. It's going to be very interactive with, with Chicago as a city. So in our architecture I would love to do that. I love Chicago. (laughs) I've been there a couple of times. I was, uh, I would love to come. So, uh, I'll have to definitely look into that. I would, I would love to be there. So uh, let's see what happens. Um, how else can we help? You know, so we have, you know, we have about um, 2,000 downloads per episode. Uh, how can those 2,000 people help you? If you know an African-American 
um, female licensed architect, please, please give them uh, the information about the show, about this episode, um, about Mark's show in general, um, and my contact information. So um, we can get in touch with them. What's the best way to do that? Email? Yes, email would be the best way. TLHughes00 at gmail.com. Mark will share that with you guys. And again, give them my contact information, tell them a little bit about the project, and um, keep them connected with all of us. Okay, so that's it. So it's TLHughes00 at gmail.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well. This is episode 222, 222. Um, So you go to com slash episode 222, and you'll have that email, and we'll have a bunch of other information on there as well. Everything we talked about will be there. Tiara, before we wrap up here... um, First of all, is there anything else that you want to share? Or are we? Um, no. Okay. Let's get into my final question. Okay. You've listened to the show. You know what that question is. What is, <laughs> what is the one thing that small firm architects can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? That's a great question. Um, I would say invest in the minority youth of our industry, whether it's hiring them directly with mentorship opportunities included or contributing to NOMA at the local and national levels. Um, This, I believe, creates a better industry, not just a better business. That's an awesome answer. I love that. Excellent. So thank you, Mark. You're welcome. On the web, it's if you if you want to learn more about NOMA, it's NOMA.net. So N-O-M-A.net. Um, the, the directory of African-American architects, uh, that, that, um, Tiara mentioned is, uh, black arch. So B L A C K A R C H dot U C dot E D U. So black arch U C E D U is the directory of, uh, African-American architects. And, uh, you can connect on Facebook and LinkedIn and a bunch of other social medias, Tiara Hughes to search for her. Uh, we'll have links to all of that on the show notes as well. And, uh, and the email again is tlhughes, H-U-G-H-E-S-0-0 at gmail.com. Um, and I just want to say one more thing before we wrap up, up here. Um, Imani, Imani Dixon was the one that, that connected us. So I just wanted to say, oh, hey, Imani. Oh, hey, Imani. Oh, hey, Imani is her Twitter handle. Imani, thank you very much for connecting Tiara and I. This has been a really uh, interesting conversation. Uh, I think we have a new friend. And so uh, whatever we can do here at Entree Architect, uh, uh, Tiara, please let me know. uh, And we will continue to help spread the word about First 500. Thank you for being here. Thank you for what you're doing, for the the leadership that you're taking. Um, And thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge at Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much, Mark. This was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so inspired by what Tiara is doing. If you like this episode, I want you to share it. I want you to go share this with everybody you know. This is entrearchitect.com slash episode 222. Two, two, two. Entrearchitect.com slash 222. Go share this episode with a friend right now tweet it out, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, send it out in an email, tap your friend on the shoulder and let them know that this episode is one that you should be listening to. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 222 with Tiara Hughes and the first 500 project. I love this. 
go share it right now. And go check out my friends over at Arca Speak and Inside the Firm, two fantastic podcasts. If you like Entree Architect podcast, you will love Arca Speak podcast and Inside the Firm podcast, two other great architecture-based podcasts. Arca Speak talks about the big picture of architecture and how to live your life as an architect. And Inside the Firm is literally that. They they bring you inside their firm. It's like a an office meeting that you're listening in on as they build their small firm. So go check them out. Arcaspeak podcast and Inside the Firm podcast. Go subscribe to those two shows right now. And while you're at it, subscribe to the Entree Architect podcast too. If you're not already subscribed, push that little button that says subscribe and make sure you get every episode of Entree Architect podcast on your mobile device. Or you can go check it out right there at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Every episode that we've ever done, all 222 of them are there waiting for you. EntreeArchitect.com slash podcast will get you there. And EntreeArchitect.com slash free course will get you a free course about how to be a profitable architecture firm. It will show you how to put all your financials together, how you put together uh, a profitable architecture firm. It's a free course that we give away, entrearchitect.com slash free course. Go download that right now. That is the first step in being successful in architecture, being profitable. If you're not profitable, you can't create amazing architecture. It's profit, then art. That's the order it needs to go in. You need to build a, a thriving, healthy business, and then you'll have all the time and all the, the money and all the resources that you need to, to be the great architect that you want to be, to, to design the fantastic art that you strive to design as an architect. So go do it. Go subscribe right now. Go download entrearchitect.com slash free course. You will not regret it. And then email me or tweet me or hit me on Facebook and let me know what you think about it. entrearchitect.com slash free course. My name is Mark R. LePage and I am an entrepreneur architect And I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. 
The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.